0: Hey guys, Eric Lindeen here. I'm the lead pastor of Mosaic Church in Maple Grove, Minnesota. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. I hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you, and that this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning, everyone. Good to see you all. Would you stand with me? We're going to. Read God's word here. Matthew 1, 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to diver- divorce her quietly. Let's pray. God, thank you uh, for being here in... Our midst, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, who humbled himself to come and be born in a manger. Thank you, God, that your spirit dwells among your people. I pray now, God, that people would receive your word, that they'd walk out of here with a clearer picture of who you are, that they'd walk out of here with a little more hope, a little more peace, a little more joy. In your name we pray. Amen. You can take a seat. It's easy to lose sight. I think a lot of times in the Christmas story these were real people who really were engaged. And when I think about the Christmas story, I think about my engagement story. If you don't know the story of Kristen and I, we kind of grew up together but not really. And then at my sister's wedding, I was a groomsman and she was a bridesmaid and I was like, "Oh, that bridesmaid is really cute. she grew up. and so we went on our first date that night a year later uh, we've been dating for a while and getting to know each other and starting to make plans for our future life. What is life going to be like together? Are we going to have kids? you know where are we going to live? Uh, am I going to be you know a musician who travels around? Am I going to be a pastor who's plugged into one church? and so we started Falling in love, meeting, planning, all these things. And during that season, I was on staff at a church called Eagle Brook Church, and was one of their worship leaders. And Kristen, my wife-to-be, was uh, singing with me and doing ministry. It was a really neat time. And I remember she was uh, at uh, Northwestern College as an RA, finishing up her degree in counseling. And it was before one of our Wednesday night uh, services for a youth group. And I remember calling her and just telling her about, like, you know, yeah, I just had a really good meeting with my, my supervisor, and, you know, I was telling him I got so much to do before Thanksgiving break. You know, I've got to go down to this youth conference down in Atlanta. I've got a couple of, you know, youth services I've, I've got to do. Uh, you know, I've got guitar lessons I've got to teach, all these different things. And then, you know, I got to go into the studio and record this song because, you know, I wrote it to, to propose to Kristen, and somebody, you know, propose over Thanksgiving break, and I'm on the phone with Kristen while I tell her this story, and I'm like, oh, no, and so I just keep talking fast, and just like, yeah, so I've got a lot on my plate, and and he was really understanding, and it was really, really good, and so, um, yeah, I'll see you later, honey, and so then we do ministry together Wednesday night service, and it's good, and I'm like, did she notice or not, because I know she was only half listening a lot of times, because she's busy and doing stuff, and it's like, "Uh uh-huh, sure, honey, so like, maybe this is one of those times, so then later that night, we sit down, you know, in, in one of the seats, and I was like, all right, hon, did you hear w- what I said? And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I was like, you heard it, didn't you? She's like, well, yeah, but it's not my fault you blew the surprise. Like, and I was like, well, now I'm going to have to push it out later, because we were flying to New York to visit, see her grandma, and I was going to meet her for the first time, and I was going to propose to her in New York, and I was like... I'm sorry, honey, now we're going to have to wait later. Maybe around Christmas time. And she was not happy with me in that situation. My whole plan was kind of blown up that, you know, I was supposed to her over there, but it ended up working out just great because actually I moved it up sooner, which she didn't know. And so I went to the studio, recorded a song just for her. I'm like, Come on, guys, that's pretty good, right? And then she walked into my parents' house, had a CD player, said so just press play. The song was on there that I proposed to her. I came out, on one knee, got engaged, exciting times, you know, started planning our future. And my proposal didn't go the way I planned, but maybe it was slightly better. I don't know. You know, it's a, it's a fun story of, oh, I totally blew the surprise. But I think of Mary and Joseph in their lives, it's like they had plans that didn't go the way they pictured them. How many times have you had a moment in your life where you had plans in your life but that plan didn't go the way you pictured that it would go. How many of you fall in the spectrum of natural planners? Like you, you like to plan things out, like your calendar and stuff. Yeah, like you, your Christmas shopping is maybe done before, you know, uh, Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. How many of you are more spur of the moment? Uh, you don't plan as much. Maybe your Christmas shopping hasn't even started yet. and You shouldn't even be in church today. All right. So get your shopping done. Like that's all good. But whether or not you're a long-range planner like me, I love planning things out like six months, 12 months in advance. Or you're more to kind of go with the flow. We all make certain plans in our lives. And the truth is, all of us have had things that didn't go the way we planned it to go. I think we've all experienced that at some time or another. And the good news is that we aren't alone in that. Like That's a universal experience. And Mary and Joseph experienced that exact same thing. And so I want to take a minute and just think about Mary and Joseph. Think about this. They're a young couple, like when Kristen and I were, were crazy in love with each other, and they did the exact same thing that every other couple does, is they started to plan their future. Maybe they're planning, you know, are we going to live in Nazareth? Are we going to live in, in, in Galilee? Where are we going to live? Maybe we're going to buy a house someday. They're a young couple. They're crazy in love. They're, they're, they're thinking about, you know, having kids one day, but little did they know that all their plans were going to be blown up. And one day Mary's by herself, and she has the most holy and intimate encounter with the Lord. Luke 1, 26-38 says this, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her, the angel, and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. How will this be since I am a virgin? Angel shows up to Mary, and she's like, all right, uh, but how is this going to happen? Because Joseph and I are not married. We haven't been together yet, so I don't know if you know how biology works with humans, angel, Uh, but this, how is this going to happen? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God, for nothing will be impossible with God. What's Mary's response to this crazy announcement? And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now picture a teenage girl, most likely. She's in love with Joseph. She's going to get married soon. And then this angel comes and interrupts all their plans. And she's thinking, man, how exciting is this? The promised Messiah I'm gonna bear him. I can't wait to tell Joseph. This is the one we've been praying about together. We've been we've been seeking the scriptures. We, we wanting, you know, Joseph's gonna be so excited when he hears this that, that I'm pregnant. And so let's take a quick vote. Like, is Joseph excited when he hears this news, or is he beside himself angry? Yeah, probably that one, right? And he's freaking out. He's he's just a normal dude, and he's like, "What do you mean, pregnant by the Holy Ghost?" Like, I'm going to find this guy, some Roman soldier or something, I'm going to make him a ghost, right? That's his natural response. He's, he's angry, he's hurt, he's devastated, he's crushed, he's humiliated. You know, he's put a non-refundable deposit down on the Garden of Gethsemane Chapel, like to get married in, right? He's got the DJ booked. The wedding invitations have gone out, some, but somehow now he's got to tell his mom and dad, he's got to tell his friends, his family, that his betrothed is now pregnant, He knows he's going to be publicly humiliated, but worse is the fact that he loved Mary. He trusted her. He told her things he'd never told anyone else in his life before. He believed that God brought them together, and now she's done this. She's cheated on him. How does noble Joseph respond? Matthew 1, 18 through 19. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. He's devastated. So he's going to end his engagement. In those days, you had to get divorced to do that. Now, he had some different legal rights where he could have you know, taken her before the Sanhedrin. He could have you know, had her punished. And think about it from Mary's perspective. You know, when the angel of the Lord appeared to her and told her that she would carry God's own son, what was her response? I'll do it. I'll be your servant. But now... Now Joseph is ending this. He's like, he's quietly going to divorce her because he loves her so much. And so how does Mary, you know, she's going to take this news now? Her life is over. She's pregnant without a husband. She's going to be a divorced single mom in a culture where she can't get any type of real job to support herself. She's gonna. She knows she's going to have to beg for the rest of her life. Trying to raise this boy. You can only imagine the rumors. Oh yeah, there goes that Mary. She was... You know, engage that nice boy, Joey, but too bad she messed all that up. Her life is over, and you know what she's thinking? This isn't what I planned, God. This isn't the way I thought things were supposed to go. She's like, God, I said yes to you. I I did everything you wanted me, me to do, so why are you allowing this to happen? This isn't fair. This isn't what I planned. I think some of us are in that exact same situation today, saying, God, I said yes to you, I followed your will, and this isn't what I planned. Maybe you're getting ahead financially, and you're saving some money, and you're excited about giving your kids maybe a great Christmas, and then hypothetically, your 2012 Toyota Highlander van and your 2004 Toyota Highlander uh, uh, both need new tires and and new, uh, some repairs, and now you're out three grand, and you weren't expecting to spend that money, right? it's like, this isn't what I planned, Maybe you poured your life into your kids, and they graduated and left house, and now they're off on their own making dumb decisions, and you're like, God, this isn't what I planned. I prayed for them. I raised them in the church. Why are they now going off and doing these stupid things? Maybe you took a new job for your family, and, 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 and you know this is the right thing, but now your kids and your wife are struggling to make new friends, and you have some conflict in your marriage, and you're thinking, this isn't what I planned and the list could go on. I didn't plan on having migraines every day. I didn't plan on chronic pain every day. I didn't plan on battling depression. I didn't plan on battling anxiety. I didn't plan on infertility. God, what are you doing? This isn't what I planned. If you're taking notes, just one of the things I want you to write down this morning is that you don't have to understand the plan to know that God has a purpose. That I believe for each and every one of us, God has a purpose for our lives. And he's doing things that we can't see. So even though we don't understand the plan, we can trust that God has a purpose. See, Mary and Joseph's plans were shattered. Joseph determines he has no choice but to divorce his beloved Mary. But God had a purpose for this pain. Verse 20, Matthew 1 But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear. To take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And I imagine Joseph saying, wait, 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 what? It's, she wasn't lying to me? This really is from the Holy Spirit? I've been studying the scriptures my whole life. I've never heard of God doing this before. Really? And then verse 21 shows us the purpose. She will bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. What was Jesus' purpose? To save his people from their sins. We've been talking about this, the story of the Old Testament, right? It leads to Jesus. God created us for purpose, on purpose, to have a relationship with him, but then sin enters the picture, the curse enters, and and, and that relationship has been ripped apart. And the story of the Old Testament is God's building a family that becomes a nation. And out of this one nation, out of this one family, is going to come one who's going to bring God back to his people. Because there's no way that we can earn our way up to him. And so we are helpless, we are hopeless, and now God enters the situation through this family he's called out. Through this nation he's called out to save his people from their sins. Think about this. Mary is pregnant with the Son of God. So Joseph was like, okay, okay, angel. Thanks for telling me. This is all part of the plan. Okay, I get it now. So God is behind this. So at least if God is behind it, right, then everything's going to be smooth sailing because once God calls you to something, right, it it should be easy. That's what Joseph is thinking. He's like, you know, this is going to be no problem. It's going to be like a heavenly epidural. No pain for Mary. She's just going to sneeze. The baby's going to pop out, right? It's going to be all good. Insurance going to cover all the expenses. And nope. She's in labor. Where is she in labor? On the back of a donkey, right? On the way to Bethlehem. And just like, this is not what she was planning. This is not what she's thinking. I just picture Joseph, you know, Mary's on the donkey. She's in labor. He's pulling through every red light. It's like, hurry up, Joseph. Get me someplace where I can have this baby. They're running red lights. They get to town, and guess what? Mary asks Joseph, honey, where do you book us a hotel? And he's like, oh, no. I'm not a long-range planner. I messed this one up, Right? No room, no hotel room. So where does she give birth? In your dream place, ladies, right? In a stinky, smelly barn or cave next to a bunch of farm animals. That's where she gives birth to the Son of God. No epidural, no soft music, you know, no hospital staff, no meals brought to you, just a cave filled with stinky animals. It's a little touch and go, but they have this beautiful baby boy. And now Joseph is thinking, all right, you've asked me to do this. This is crazy. I'm sacrificing my reputation. We gave birth to the Son of God. We had to travel all the way for this. That's the worst it's going to get, right? Like Now, because this is your plan for my life, now it's going to be smooth sailing. What do they find out next? Matthew chapter 2, verse 13. Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt. And remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. And If you're Joseph, you're thinking, wait, wait, wait. What, God? Like, we've had this baby. There's still rumors flying around that Mary cheated on me or at the very least we had relations before we were married. And so all these things are swirling around. And who wants to kill this baby? Herod? Herod's the king, this is like the president is out to get you, out to get your child. You Think about this. This is a real mom and dad. They're like, God, this isn't what I planned. I said yes to you. I said I'd be your servant. What is going on? And so they hoof it to Egypt. Now, side note, I think about the gifts that the Magi brought them, the wise men, right? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. What do you think they probably used to live on while they're in Egypt for those years? Probably those gifts, right? I think about that like uh, sometimes I think God gives us good gifts, and we're not sure what that's about yet. And then later, there's a purpose for that, right? Because we don't see the whole plan. And so these wise men show up; they're given these amazing gifts. It's like, whoa, whoa, what are we gonna do with these? You gotta run, Joseph. No one knows you. Who's gonna hire you as a carpenter? Right? You gotta take some time as a stonemason or whatever his craftsman job was exactly. They gotta have something to live on. Well, they got these gifts. They can live on those. So they're on the run, they're hoofing into Egypt, they're, they're refugees, they're fleeing death and persecution. After a couple of years they're allowed to go back home and they're thinking wow God that was crazy on the run with a baby hiding from a murderous dictator now the worst is behind us. And I want to pause the story here because here's what's crazy about this story is as far as we know, around this time, uh, you know, somewhere between the age of Jesus turning 13 and, and 30, somewhere in there, most likely Joseph dies. Right? And so, does Joseph get to see the end of the story? No. All he knows is he was asked to marry Mary, to raise the Son of God to take care of him, to teach him, to raise him right. And then at some point, Joseph dies before he gets to see the fulfillment. But what about Mary? She's thinking, all right, these crazy early years, that's as bad as it gets. We lose, we lose Jesus when he's 12. There's a whole another sermon. We can talk about that, of, of, of why all that happened. And his last year before coming to man, and he's walking around Jerusalem probably with his, earthly dad and he's learning about the passover right and then next year he's a man he's 13 right well fast forward jesus is 33 and the teenage mom who said god you know i love you i'll do whatever you ask what does she get for her obedience He's looking at her son, hanging on a cross, stripped naked, with a crown of thorns on his head. He's so beaten, they can't even tell he's human. And this mother who said, I'm your servant. She's looking on, and it's not recorded, but I'm sure she's thinking, God, this isn't fair. He didn't do anything wrong. He did everything right. We did everything you asked us to do. Please make it stop. And no mob should ever have to see that. They're spitting at her baby boy. They're yelling at him. Save yourself. And what does Jesus do? He looks up to heaven and says, Father, forgive them if they know not what they do. And then he says, it is finished. With faith and passion, he declares, it is done. He breathes his last The earth goes dark and everything shakes and Mary falls to the ground and wails and sobs, not my baby, right? These are real people, real agony. And Mary's thinking, this is not what I planned. He's supposed to save his people from their sins. What is going on? I don't understand. How can this pain have any purpose? See, Mary and Joseph had a plan, but God had a purpose. And what was that purpose? What was the purpose behind all this pain they went through? All the uncertainty of well, that purpose was you and me. Matthew 1:21, "She will bear a son, and you shall call His name Jesus, for He will save His people from their sins. That's the whole point of Christmas that Jesus came to save His people from their sins, to save us from that thing that separates us from God that there's nothing we could do to earn our salvation. There's no way we could save ourselves. But the good news of Christmas is God had a purpose. And God loves you so much that he sent his son, Jesus, who was born and lived without sin so that he could become that perfect sacrifice on the cross. He died for our sins, and then on the third day, the stone was rolled away. Jesus rose again because God had a purpose so that anyone And that includes you, that includes me, anyone, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter how dark your life has been up until this moment, anyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved and forgiven. And so at this Christmas time, I want us to remember, all of us are going to go through life and have moments where this isn't what I planned. This isn't what I thought life was going to look like in this moment. But we can trust that God does have a purpose. That God is working through our pain. He's going to redeem it. And that, he's with us in that. Even when we don't understand, Joseph didn't get to see the end of the story, this side of heaven. At some point he died, that's why he wasn't there in Jesus' earthly ministry at the cross. But he was faithful as far as we know. And he raised Jesus well. He did his part in the story. Maybe that's gonna be your story. Just called the faithfulness. Called to protection, to to love your wife well, to raise your kids knowing God, investing in them. And you may not know why you went through what you went through this side of eternity, but we can follow in the example of Joseph and his faithfulness. Maybe your story is more like Mary, where you feel like God has given you a vision for ministry. How much time do I got? Oh man, okay. I'm sorry. I almost want to mute the live the stream right now, but you know, I just gotta go off on a tangent right now. This is okay. This is me getting my soapbox. All right, I had a meeting last week with a bunch of pastors uh, telling me that, oh man, women cannot get on stage and teach. Oh man, come on, people. I am sorry. But you're telling me, Mary, who preached the Magnificat? You're telling me that the first women at the tomb who came back and preached that the Lord is risen? You're telling me that time and time again that Elizabeth, who preached about John and Jesus in the womb, you're telling me that that women can't get up here and share good news? Man, that makes me angry. So I'm sorry. If you think this calling up here is just for guys, let's talk more. And yeah, I know there's scriptures out there. We can debate them, but man... I want to value women, amen? And I think they are valued and worth and can do any calling. And let's lift up that calling because maybe you're like Mary. Maybe God's called you to do something special. And your response is, I'm your servant. It doesn't mean it's always gonna be easy. You're gonna have obstacles to overcome. People are gonna try to take you out. But you know what? I'd much rather say, you know, God has a purpose for your pain. We're gonna support each other whatever calling that is. Amen? And so as we look through life and we don't understand what is going on, we don't understand, hey, this isn't what I planned. This isn't what I thought life would look like right now. We can trust that God is with us in that, that he has a plan. And that plan was to save his people. And now, and now, that's a, Gift we freely receive. Nothing that we could do can earn that gift. And we come to Jesus. We receive it by faith, putting our trust in Him. We confess our sins. We say, We're going to walk with you, Jesus. And in return, we receive forgiveness. Shame, guilt is washed away. We are new creations in Christ. We have a new calling. You know, we, we, we are baptized into His family. We get spiritual gifts. And so what do we do now? Do we just sit and hold that gift? No. We give it away, right? Yesterday, we watched the Muppet Christmas Carol with my kids. How many of you have seen that one or any Christmas Carol? Yeah, yeah. Love that story. How many people love the character of Scrooge at the beginning of the movie? Why? Dave Ramsey would have loved him. He's very fiscally conservative, never goes into debt, Right? Uh, He he, is making the most of all his opportunities when people are spending too much on Christmas. That's when he forecloses on them. He gains more properties. I'm not ragging just on Dave Ramsey. But, you know, right? Is that an inspiring story that you want to, to be like? No. What does he go through this change? At the end, when he grabs the giant turkey, Right? It's as big as me, right? The little kid says, you know? And, and he has all these gifts and he shows up at Bob Cratchit's house and Tiny Tim. And he blesses them. Every time, every time. I'm a softie, I, I know. But every time, I get moved by that overwhelming generosity. And what does Dickens say? From then on out, the city knew no one like him who was so generous, so loving, who embodied the spirit of Christmas, that from then on out, Scrooge redefined himself. Yes, he has agency and free will. And in that moment, because of generosity and giving, it's inspiring, right? When we see Scrooge, like, I want to be like that. I want to change Tiny Tim's life from the grave to life. And Dickens says, from then on out, Scrooge was like a second father to Tiny Tim, a good friend, caring for this little boy who otherwise was going to die young. And see, we take the story of Christmas that Jesus came to save us from our sins, we receive that gift, then what do we do? We can't just hold on to it anymore. We have to give it away. We have to shock the world with our generosity. And this isn't just about like give to the church. It's just be generous. Overflowing generosity. We talk about this, right? Life overflowing that when the love and the grace and the peace of God is gets down into our depths, then we get so filled with it that it, it spills out over us, and people around us can't help but have that spill out on top of them. And so, I encourage you, if you haven't watched it, watch the Christmas Carol sometime this year and think about it. Who do you want to be more like? Scrooge at the beginning of the movie or Scrooge at the end of the movie? And how are you taking this message of hope and the gospel that regardless of our plans don't go the way we think they, that we plan them to go? That God has a purpose. And that purpose is to save us and then we pour that out on others. And we're generous and we're giving and we're loving and we're opening our home. And we're sharing the way of Jesus with those around us. And that's going to look differently for each and every one of us. And I can't tell you exactly how that looks for your family. But we talk about this, that following Jesus means, I ask, what would Jesus do if he lived in my house, if he was my gender, if he had my job, my wife, my kids, if you're, if you're a female, you know, your husband, whoever that might be, if you're single? And how would Jesus then Bring love and blessing. That's going to look differently for a junior high kid as for a 40-year-old guy, right? Like the junior hires, you're going to bring blessing in a different way than, than, you know, in in my area of life. Josh and I were talking just the other day, yesterday, I think. He said, Dad, the challenge of being in a Christian school is that I keep being told, like, tell people about Jesus, but they already know Jesus. It's like, yeah, but that might look differently right now, right? You, You can encourage your heart. You, you, you can speak words of life. Like there's things you can still do. You can pray for your friends who are struggling, right? And, and again, each and every one of us can look differently. But we ask, what do we do with this gift that's been given to us? This Jesus who came to save His people from their sins. And sin is both something bad we do and the condition we're under. And so we were in darkness, and then we we're brought into light, and we're saved from that condition. And now. Bring others into the light, to bring love and goodness and hope. That's my encouragement for you. I'm going to invite the band to come on up, and uh, just yeah. My hope is that you freely receive that gift that Jesus came, and to know that even if life hasn't gone the way you planned it, there is a purpose in that. And how are you now going to share that gift with others? Uh, As the band's coming up, again, quick, quick kind of update. We've been talking, we've been praying, we've been fasting, God, give us a permanent home for our church, and, and we're still praying, we're still seeking that um, out, and just what is next steps, and so our leadership team, our staff, we continue to pray, we ask you to continue to pray with us. Um, we've shared uh, there are kind of opportunities we have for some kind of partnership with, with two churches that we've been in talking with. And so one of those is Vision of Glory down in Plymouth. And so we're continuing conversations. God, is this something you want us to partner with this church? And what does that look like? And, and you've you got to work out a lot of details. Another church in town is Christ Community Church that we're doing our Wednesday night service in. And so, what would it look like to partner together where they do a Sunday morning service, we do a Sunday afternoon service, sharing a building, um, sharing ministry opportunities? Um, Is that a good thing? We don't know. So, again, as leadership, we don't want to be hasty. We also don't want to just be complacent and not take any steps. And so, we keep seeking, we keep asking, we keep knocking. God, open the right doors to us and that comes through, our faith is through prayer, through fasting, through seeking God's word, through talking to each other. And so I just ask you, keep praying for us as as we say, God, are you leading us to partner with Vision of Glory in Plymouth? Are you leading us to partner with Christ Community Church? Different partnerships that will look very different. Are you, you know, lead us to stay here because you have another way? You know, the truth is, when we planted Mosaic seven years ago, we didn't think we'd be here in this moment as a church. Like, this is not the church we thought we'd be at seven years. But God has, has a purpose, right? Even though our plans aren't what, what we thought it was going to be. And that purpose was all of you. And, and, and just today, as the worship band was playing, man, I was just so thankful. I was like, what a gift that husbands and wives can do worship together, that moms and sons can do worship together. And then two friends can do worship together. They aren't related. Um, You know, but how cool is that? And just as I see you all, like I love you all so much. And and, and I love this church and what God is doing. And so we just ask, God, what do you want for our church? You know, this isn't where we plan to be right now as a church. uh, Just kind of this size and this place and all these things. But we trust you have a purpose for this. And so the gift you've given us of this beautiful church and the beautiful people and the beautiful friendships and and just the history and stories we've had for seven years, what are we going to do with that? So just, uh, again, just keep praying for us as your leaders, just to God to make it clear um, just to what he wants us to do. Why don't you stand with me? I'm going to pray and we're going to go out of first singing. Thank you so much for joining us on the Mosaic Maple Grove podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the deep work that only he can do. A special thank you to everyone who gives to Mosaic Maple Grove. Your generosity allows this message to go out into the world. You can be a part of the Mosaic tribe by going to mymosaicchurch.com. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast with your friends and family. Thanks again for listening. Grace and peace, my friends.